Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the happy hour edition of the Patrick Lally Show. On As You Gaze About the Land, what surely can only be categorized as a grand and glorious day here in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we will spend, oh, right up till about fiver, five-ish, five-ish, here on Information 1000 KSOO, chatting, talking, discussing, engaging in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics. Oh, we'll talk about economics. We're going to talk about uh, pop culture maybe a little bit and uh, policing, things of this nature. Uber producer Dan Peters is in the news studio, as always, holding down the fort. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio at Information 1000 KSOO. Perhaps you are streaming live on the KSOO.com website. I know a lot of you folks use that avenue because you tell me, and I appreciate that. Maybe you're hooked up with the KSOO mobile app where you got the one-touch streaming capacity and you're uh, getting the latest news, updates, weather, that sort of thing from the staff here at Results Radio. Remember, we are on Facebook live pretty much every day when we get a good solid network connection like we have today. The internets are treating us well on this glorious afternoon, so you can watch us on Facebook and comment there as well. That's one of the features, the interactive nature of the Facebook Live, which is always fun. And of course, Twitter, you know, we we use all the social networks for the latest in updates and conversation. P. Lally Show is our handle there, and uh, Uber producer Dan Peters, he's watching, he's he's pushing out the links, the comments, the updates, that sort of thing using the Twitter, so you can chat with us there. Um, hey, uh, Dan, uh, were you were you hunkered down last night when the big storm hit? Were you okay? Everything all right? The lawn furniture still in place? Well, let's see. Everything has been secured. Ah, good. We were able to get the garbage cans inside before the deluge began. Oh, that's that good. was good. See, uh, I heard it was bad over here. I was uh, 25 miles east over there in Laverne, Minnesota, for hot dog days, you know, and it looked bad. It looked really bad for the Wienerman competition. You were somewhat in doubt of being able to get it all complete. I was skeptical. As the chronicler of said Wienerman, I was riding around on my bike taking photos and video and such for uh, Team Hot Mess, and... uh, uh, I kept looking at the radar, kept looking, kept looking, and there was a little blast of rain before it got started. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. And then it kind of just went a little north. And then it held off, held off to the end of the Wiener Man. gave us like an hour and a half window there. And so the hot mess team was able to complete the four legs of said Wiener Man, the combination running, biking, swimming, and more running, with the competitive eating. And did the team perform to expectations? For the third consecutive year, they did take first place in the women's the women's only division. Uh, now, I won't say they were the first to cross the line, 
but there was some there was a dispute there was that one of the teams messed up the whole thing so they they just didn't do the whole course so you can't win if you don't do the whole course so by default then but team hot mess performed admirably I got to say they were they were missing one of their uh, prime eaters this year. One of their better eaters was uh, not able to make it, and uh, I'm not going to use any names here because I don't want to, you know. But as a team, because it's not about me, it's about the team, right? And as a ch- sort of chief cheerleader and chronicler, I'm not. I, I'm just there to record what happens. I'm not there to make judgments. But I will say I thought the eating was off a little bit this year. They're they're uh, just pure speed, just wasn't as good as last year. You know, sometimes, and it doesn't matter if it's competitive eating mm-hmm. or if it's running mm-hmm. or if it's swimming. Sometimes, if you're just not quite right, the combination doesn't work, and and yeah, you're yeah, you're got to grind the gears and and, right. and gut your way through it. Yeah, and that's what they did. They gutted it out. Now the Wiener Man is uh, uh, a kind of a triathlon but it's the only sort of it, it has the highest uh, uh, per capita instance of people bending over <laughs> stopping in their tracks and bending over than you'll see at any other sort of race because people are trying not to you know lose their cookies yes. lose their hot dogs as it were uh, a lot of different kinds variations of the hot dog there was the philly cheese hot dog um there was an enchilada hot dog Ooh. And uh, uh, JP had to take down two complete Philly cheese hot dogs. Wow. In one, and then run, run, eat, well, it was eat a hot dog, run, eat uh, the two chili cheese hot, or the Philly cheese with the peppers and everything hot dogs, and then run some more. <laughs> it wasn't, that was disturbing to watch. Oh, man. I imagine that there are, has to be just a little bit of because when you're running you, you have activity you can consume some food but you got to be like careful that. not like that not like forced eating so it was uh it was fun we had a good time got it in got the trophy won the trophy again and so all all was right but then uh just as we we're trying to get out of town just boom just hit with so I'm driving in the uh, in the big rain, but I, I still think we kind of missed the worst of it because people told me back here the winds were very very strong. wasn't good. They had that outflow boundary for some of that. Oh yeah, the old it. outflow boundary. I hate that. That's hard to treat. You got to get got to get some uh, antibiotic for your outflow boundary. <laughs> there you go. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna actually we're going back to Laverne tomorrow. Uh, not so much for hot dog days, but it's still going on. And, and the fine people over there in Laverne throw a party. Oh my gosh. It's, uh, they shut down the whole street. It was a, it's a good time. And that was only Thursday. They got stuff tonight and tomorrow, but we're going, uh, we're going bike packing tomorrow, going back to Blue Mound State Park, a lovely, lovely place. And so going to ride the bikes over to Blue Mound, take some back roads and pitch a tent, spend the night. It's going to be awesome. Well, in tribute for Team Hot Mess, this is what you get. You did it! Way to go, Team Hot Mess! Three years running! The big three feet! Yeah! Yeah! We are the champions of Laverne! You gotta get on top of that. You you can't go flat on that, Patrick. Come on. Oh, I know. Of Laverne! 
Uh, Freddie Mercury, I am not. That's pretty clear. But uh, good times. Good times in Laverne again. Uh, we'll be back this weekend. We've got a great show for you today for the Happy Hour Edition. Deborah Owen of the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce will be here to talk about international trade and uh, the tariffs as we continue our tariff conversation on the Patrick Lally Show. And this is the Chamber of Commerce. And uh, Deborah will be here to tell us about their concerns. The Buffalo Maiden is our weird friend of the day. She'll check in from the Black Hills Bureau. And also we'll talk a little bit more about tariffs. There's some uh, disturbing news from the Steve Mnuchin, who is the Treasury Secretary, about our trade war with China. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the next break. Uh, today's topic, um, police precincts. Don't call them, Don't call them precincts. They're not precincts. Report to workstations. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 319 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to get a little closer to free on this lovely Friday afternoon in the happy hour edition of the Patrick Lally Show. And I hope you're having a good time out there. It's the PL statement. And uh, this is when we look through the news, find things that disturb us, enlighten us, cause us great consternation, or please us in ways that we cannot describe, but we'll try. Um, so today uh, I saw a lot of, uh, there was some coverage recently um, by the uh, various media outlets uh, that, and I saw this uh, through social media. Um, a lot of uh, people, mostly, mostly my liberal friends, fairly upset about uh, a policy from the city of Sioux Falls. And that has to do with, uh, the report to workstations that the Tenhaken administration is looking at for the police department. And uh, so you, essentially what would happen is uh, the police officers wouldn't have to, they wouldn't come all the way downtown to start their shift, right? Because right now they have to come down to the law enforcement center, which is, you know, roughly there at uh, 6th Street, 5th Street in Minnesota area, big police headquarters. And that's where everybody comes to work, and that's where they leave, right? So these would be ready report to work stations, uh, and uh, they uh, people are upset because they immediately associate this with precincts, which had been kind of what uh, Jolene Letcher had maybe proposed during the mayoral election, and you remember that was kind of a thing, and the. Uh, she said that the police union supported it, but it wasn't this police union. And there was some back and some forth and some. And the Paul Tenhaken, who won the election, said he, he doesn't like it. He didn't like it. So these are report to work stations where they can start their day, get a briefing kind of thing, and then go about their day. And they would have a, a spot where, you know, they would be in a fire station probably, you see. And they could store some evidence there. They already do that apparently over at 
Fire Station 4. And I was, oh, which is on West 69th Street. I was uh, looking, I see, uh, saw the story I see is from Barry Groton. I'm Barry Groton from uh, my friends at the Jelloland News. And uh, so in this, in this uh, story by Barry Groton, the uh, mayor, Paul Tenhaken, says that these are not, these are not precincts. These are not the precincts you're looking for. He says, report to work location, a place where you show up. You get your briefing instructions, you get into your car, and you go. A precinct is basically another version of our public safety center. You've got a command staff, you've got a front office staff, you've got a lot more infrastructure. So, uh, Barry Groton goes on to say here that the idea of the workstations didn't spring from the mayor race. No, 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 no. There had been a consulting firm studying these stations and whether they would work since last year. The consultants reported their findings earlier this spring. That's when the election was. So this is uh, Chief Burns, Chief Burns, Matt Burns, Sioux Falls Police Chief. He's in here saying uh, it takes pressure off the current law enforcement space. That's locker rooms. That's parking lot space. That's just all the work areas of the building. But also gives you a presence in another area of the city where you have a higher call volume. Uh, first off, by the way, uh, as as with most uh, Jello Land stories, if you want to read the report, the consultant study, go to this story on jelloland.com. Jello Kello. Kello Jello. Could you get can you get Kello Jello still in the stores? It's possible. Yeah. Although we may have to ask old P. Jitty, otherwise known as Perry Groton, to, to Barry, maybe do it. P. Jitty. I've noticed Perry's growing out his hair. I'm just going to let that sit there. Um, so I go because I want to read the consultant's report. Oh, yeah. Just a note to the IT department down there at uh, Jelloland. I got uh, 404 errors or 401 errors or whatever that is. Eh, no report. So just that's just a that's just a little heads up to the the, the IT department down there at Jello. Uh, so here's the deal. So I mean, I like this idea. I liked it. I like Jolene's idea. I think it's a fine idea. So everybody's very upset because uh, you know uh, this is co-opting Jolene's plan, right? Um, and you know that's fine. I think it's fine for them to be upset. Uh, on the one hand, it. That's that's what it, I mean. Precincts, not precincts. We're report to work, whatever you want to call it. Uh, freestanding building. It's a fire station. It's a city building. It's not like they're you know like they try and do with the ambulances where they pull up into a get and go lot. No, I mean it's they're call them whatever you want. They're precincts. That's fine. Uh, but come on, Mayor, Paul, Buddy, TK. Let's not try and do somersaults here. Trying to say it's not a precinct. It's not a standalone building, but it's pretty close if you're using the fire stations. All right. So uh, it's not some it's an election. It's politics. These things happen a lot in terms of taking somebody else's ideas and calling your own. That's not that surprising. Okay, Trying to give them a different name. uh, That's that's SOP. Uh, Let's not be too shocked by it, but let's also not try and, you know go through all these consternations also kello jello get somebody else in this story all right you got the you got the mayor and you got matt burns and uh the name jolene letcher nowhere in the story it just says during the mayoral campaign and then oh that's not when it came up it was in this report that that's just denying reality 
Barry Groton needs a little more context. And, I, you know, I'd say get a haircut, but that's just me. Um, anyway, that's the bottom line on your P&L today. We'll talk trade a little bit later. You can agree or disagree with me. P. Lally, Patrick. Patrick. P. Lally is the Twitter feed. P. Lally shows the Twitter feed. Patrick at KSO.com is my email. All good ways to chat with us. Coming up after the break, we're going to chat with the Buffalo Maiden from the Black Hills Bureau. See what's going on out there in our vacation wonderland, Custer, South Dakota. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 334 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Got fired from a cattle drive up north. The ropes of the gallows was swinging in the breeze. All the wanted posters had pictures of me. I got my club 45 right by my side. 3.34, and we are into the Weird Friends portion of the show, and it's Friday, so that, as always, means the Buffalo Maiden checking in from the Black Hills Bureau Buffalo Maiden, did you hear that weather report? We we finally have Black Hills weather here. Uh, well, it sounds like you got humidity. No, it's all good. We got the thing came through last night. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's it's beautiful. Couldn't be any well, better. It can't, it can't be beautiful. I, isn't it Jazz Fest weekend? Because it's always miserable during Jazz Fest. That's next isn't weekend. Isn't that this weekend? No, that's next weekend. Next weekend. Oh, shoot. Okay, I'm a week off. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's next weekend. Yeah, you should uh, you should come over for Jazz Fest. <laughs> yeah, because you know how I love the jazz musicians um, yeah. singing rock and roll. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> no, how are you? How are you other than I'm that? I'm good. Last we have week... great weather here, but we've been having two falls weather. That humidity is just terrible. It's too much. I don't know how you guys live with it. It's difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. We're tough people. Uh, <laughs> people, you know, people always say to me, because last week, you know, you were... Last few weeks, you've been very busy, and you've been, you know, I think people are concerned. They say, how's, how's Nancy? And I say, she, no, she's fine. It's going to be fine. She's fine. She's hanging in there, man. She's hanging in there. She can't get any uh, H-2B visa workers, but other than that, she's okay. I know, but, you know, uh, Trump, God bless him, he's applied for uh, his H-2Bs for the, for the winter, and he's probably going to get them. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, how, but, you know, in the midst of all of his immigration, now they're, they're, please don't let anybody attach H2B and immigration in the same sentence, because it's not immigration. H2B is a labor, labor situation. It's not an immigration. And, and it just drives me crazy when people combine those two. Yeah, they're like, um, go back to your country. And like, well, they're, they're going to after the summer's over. What? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> right. Well, and his are winter because, you know, they're Florida. So they need yeah. their employees in the Florida. So the winter months, you can get your HGVs because there's not as many people applying for those uh, few, you know, um, Kirsten Nielsen who only gave us 15000 more instead of 60000 mm-hmm. um, Maybe uh, Maybe so. you could work out a deal with Trump and you could just get a couple of his and then. You know, you guys can yeah. have a year-round work. But you know what? The problem is I pay more than he does, and he's <laughs> down in Florida. So his wages are like $13 or thirteen twenty-eight for a, a cook. And um, and his servers make twelve twenty-eight. Don't oh, my say, God. Don't, don't pray. I know. But um, I don't know what they do with their chips down there, so that's one thing. But um, anyways, that's what they're paying. So tell me, who in Florida can survive on thirteen thirty-eight an hour or whatever it is, 13 something an hour? 
and, and maintain a, a, a life and a family. So you're telling me so, that the Sage Creek Grill in beautiful downtown Custer, South Dakota, pays more yeah. than Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. My to God. Some, right. It depends on what your job is and your title is correct, yes. Not to me, of course. No, no, no I would no, no. actually get a, a pay raise if I went to work for Mar-a-Lago, which I'm looking at the picture right now as we speak, and it is quite lovely. Yeah. Maybe Those are our people, Patrick. We should be there. I know. We live in that, that world, those social circles. Yeah. If we're mm-hmm. working there, then we'd be. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can see the dorms from, uh, yeah, those are looking good. Those are looking sweet. I think they put a fan in the window. Oh, my gosh. I uh, know. So, oh, anyway. The, you know, the, uh, the, the, the president, El Presidente, Donald Trump, mm-hmm. he, uh, he's been in Europe for a couple of days, and, of course, everything is going swimmingly. And, it's um, smooth. Smooth. He's a genius. He's a very stable genius. Uh, the, he's mm-hmm. working, uh, or he's meeting with the queen today. How do you figure that's going? Um, well, I think it's over by now, right? <laughs> a little bit ahead of time. I did catch a glimpse of, um, the missus, uh, and, and she's got a beautiful gown on, uh, bless her, bless her heart. Um, but I, I would imagine that they don't have a lot to talk about and very little in common. That would be an odd conversation. Actually, yeah. Melania probably does quite well in those situations. You know, oh, I mean, she probably does brilliantly. She's fairly refined and, you know, speaks a few mm-hmm. languages and she can yeah. travel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know what they have in common to talk about. No. But, you know, I'm sure it's very polite and very graceful and uh, not a lot of words exchanged. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Europe, are you, uh, are you, are you uh, following the World Cup? You all in? Are you a Croatia or are you I'm a France I'm all person? in. Um, I'm all in because, you know, uh, I have, uh, we do have a few of our J1s here that are from Jamaica who are huge France supporters, which is funny because they were English for so long, and yeah. maybe that's why they're not English supporters anymore. But um, it's France all the way here. You're kidding me. Although, so you guys are flying yeah. the French flag, the tricolor? Oh, yeah. You know, we're eating croissants, and, um, <laughs> you know, we're doing all that. We've got a lot of, we're drinking French wine, rosé, I've got a whole Sunday planned. But it's at 9 a.m., right? Something 9 a.m., like I think. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I follow it, but God forbid, I can't, I don't, who's got that kind of time to watch an entire soccer match? I know, and I, you know, I keep screwing it up. I, I keep calling it, how's the game, but I guess that's not the right term. How, and then uh, <laughs> How's the action on the pitch? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know any, I mean, I used to know a little bit about soccer, but we don't. You know, I, we didn't play soccer growing up. That was like something horrible. We had to do at gym or no. I've you know, told this story. Pizza. I've told this story several times, and I think even on the air, we had a when I was a freshman at high school at O'Gorman when we were there. Uh, we uh-huh. had a, we had a unit, you know, on soccer, and oh, we did. It it devolved into uh, this. Uh, Scott Jones was one goalie. Pat Wisensey was the other goalie. And so those were the guys who could touch the ball. So they basically just ran it through the other goal. They turned into some version of rugby, Australian rules football, with a soccer ball. Oh, my gosh. How did I miss that? That would have been so fun. Yeah, well, you weren't. apparently you weren't in my section. I wasn't in your section. I don't think we were in the same homeroom together, were we? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, But, you know, I was, uh, when it got down to the, the round of eight, I believe, I was... Uh, I was rooting for Belgium, as you yeah. as you might expect I would. Great beers, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And, 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 the, and the monks over there. Yep. And the yep. cyclocross and all that. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. they got beat, so I was kind of yeah. bummed about that. And then, so then I was all in for England, because I'm like, 
these poor guys, these people have suffered and yes. without the winning well, and all. suffering right now, but yeah. And, um, uh, and yeah, because Trump is there. But then, yeah. uh, <laughs> then they got beat by Croatia. I know, which, you know, you got to go for the underdog kind yeah. of a little bit. I'm secretly flying the Croatian flag in, in my drawer, uh, my desk drawer here because Don't they haven't been around so. for like 25 years. You know, I'm a Vikings fan. Yeah. So you know how we feel. I, yeah. I feel for those Croatians. I know. I know what they've been through. <laughs> and France has won fairly recently. So I think... I think I'm going to go with the Croats. Yeah. Having survived the Civil War and all, they deserve a little bit of sympathy. The odds of them getting there were so uh, uh, ridiculous that um, you got to kind of hope for them. Yeah. So, well, that's that's where my money is. Uh, but all right. We'll, I'll be watching. Hey, how's how's everything? You got any festivals going on? Everything okay out there? We got, you know what, next weekend, this is why I'm not coming to Jazz Fest, because, you know, it's our annual gold digger days here in Custer. Or Gold Discovery Days, but I always like to call it Gold Digger Days, <laughs> um, where we uh, honor, I don't know, I guess it goes, everybody comes home for their class reunions, and uh, we do street dances. Which, oh, really? You know, this last time you've been to a street dance. Well, I was in um, Laverne last night, so. Oh, wow. There you go. Hot, hot dog days in Laverne, but that's nothing compared oh, that's to Gold Digger Days. Gold Digger Days. No, we've got the Gold Discovery Queen. And while uh, we do, you know, pageants and music, and it's, this is crazy, man. This is crazy. Is this a, I have concerns that this might be, uh, not be as culturally sensitive as perhaps you and I would like. It wasn't years ago. This is its 95th year. So just Ooh. imagine what was going on back in the early days. Um, they had wagon trains and painted horses and burning. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. It not, was, then they weren't and burning the beetle. probably as brief as if I lived here 20 years ago, so... Really? So it's gotten better? It's much better. The pageant's gone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's that's a huge so improvement the, right there. So is the uh, traveling uh, uh, rides. What was that thing called? You know, the... Carnival? The, 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 the carnival. The traveling carnival. Whatever happened to that? One, you Mostly know, one OSHA. And, and those things are shut down. <laughs> yeah. One person dies and it just kills it for everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I once took a ferry boat over in Alaska with a carnival, with all the rides right on the carnival over to Kodiak Island and worked a week with them. It was very fun. Whoa. Very safe people. Yeah. Very great pride in their work. What, <laughs> what were you doing <laughs> with the carnival on Kodiak Island? We were there for the crab festival, which they did. Uh, this is, I'm not, I kid you not, they did, uh, they did uh, crown a crab queen. But, um, oh, no. They did, seriously. But I was there for the Crab Festival. I was selling T-shirts. One misplaced S, and that takes a whole different turn. <laughs> but it, that's a whole other story. That was a great time, mm-hmm. though. That's an off-air story? Yes, it That's is. like with Boone Man, where you can only tell the punchline to the joke? Yeah, I get yep, it. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Uh, Buffalo Maiden, uh, thank you very much. Uh, you've made yes. my day better. I was feeling, I was off a little bit, and now talking to you, I'm back on. Oh, I thought you sounded pretty good. I right. thought you sounded like a, a not a solid genius, a stable, a stable genius. Very stable genius. Solid, I'm very, stable, I'm very stable. I don't know about the genius part. I'm a, I'm yeah. a very unstable kind of, not a genius. Knowledgeable kind of guy, no, dude. Sta- maybe professional. Standard, All right. standard radio fair. Hey, uh, get out here sometime. You know, mm. the summer's, uh, summer's going by quickly. I know. I just put together my social calendar. It's. Okay. It's not good, but I'll, I'm going to squeeze Let's it in. Put that somewhere. thing up on Facebook so we can pencil it in. All right. Thank you. Bye. See you later. Okay. Okay. Bye bye.
Coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about the very stable genius and uh, tariffs. So there you go. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 349 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Well, I ain't your baby. I ain't your baby When you got to get things going on a Friday afternoon. You go right to the trampled by turtles, baby. Oh, I could just let that run all day. But, you know, this is a talk show after all. This is the Patrick Lally Show. And uh, I, I was I just saw this story today and I. I'm a little flabbergasted by it all. It happened yesterday. So uh, the the big uh, Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, Mnuchin, if you're keeping track at home, was uh, up on the hill, as we like to say. He was testifying before the uh, uh, House, what committee was this? Uh, House Financial Services, okay. And uh, the lead on the story from the New York Times is the trade war between the United States and China showed no signs of yielding on Thursday of Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, told lawmakers there was no clear path to resolution and Beijing blasted the administration over its approach. Mr. Mnuchin, who has tried to avoid calling the trade tensions with China a war, said talks with Beijing had broken down and suggested it was now up to China to come to the table with concessions. President Trump, speaking in Brussels on Thursday, described the trade talks with China as a nasty battle. So uh, what's interesting about this, first of all, um, there's no plan. And clearly, uh, Republican leadership in Congress has unleashed the hounds in terms of letting their members speak openly and frankly about the tariffs because Pretty much every Republican in the country now is saying they have deep concerns, including our delegation. We talked about that yesterday. Uh, we got a news story coming up where Mike Rounds doubles down on his words. Uh, so the, the, the shackles have been removed from congressional Republicans in this case. And so now you've got both Republicans and Democrats just pounding away on these, these poor administration representatives who were up there. So... As I've said many times, very bad for South Dakota, right? So Republicans and Democrats on the House Financial Services Committee showed little patience for Mr. Mnuchin's answers about the lack of progress, repeatedly pressing him about whether there was a strategy to resolve the trade war and expressing concern that it was starting to hurt parts of the economy. Is there a master plan? Asked Representative Mia Love, Republican of Utah. I implore you to work to end this thing soon. Because they've been getting killed at home, killed at home by agriculture interests, uh, a lot of uh, uh, manufacturing interests, because it's hurting them. Representative Jeb Henserling, he is of Texas, Republican and chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, told Mr. Mnuchin that he was deeply concerned about the state of global trade and signs that business optimism was starting to wane. 
He said that he was not impressed with the loan trade deal that Mr. Truck had Trump with Mr. Trump had struck with South Korea and warned that the strong run of economic growth was at risk. Yeah, so the best part of this is uh, there was a, a, another uh, administration official up in uh, the Senate and Foreign Relations Committee, and Bob Corker, Republican, says the administration needs to explain to Congress where this is all headed. To my knowledge, not a single person is able to articulate where this is headed, nor what the plans are, nor what the strategy is. And then uh, he goes on. So this uh, this uh, Miss Singh, who is the uh, up there from the State Department, she says our end game is for China to change its behavior. After Mister Singh Miss Singh tried to explain the administration's approach, Mister Corker replied, "That enlightened us in no way. So it's not." going well there's no plan ah it's not a good sign at any rate we're going to come right back after the news weather at the top we're going to talk more about the weather with uh, sam gabrielli of ksfy and then we're going to chat with deborah owen more about tariffs so just consider this a primer for the second hour we'll be right back this is the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo Fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, as we head into the second hour of the Happy Hour Edition on a beautiful Friday afternoon. I want to remind you that Hot Harley Nights continues tonight and tomorrow. Tonight it's fun at j includes raffles and auctions, Rhett Rotten Wall of Death, we had him on the show earlier this week, he was awesome, vendors, free concert from Sugar Daddy and more, and then tomorrow is the big motorcycle parade through Sioux Falls, you got your casino run. Uh, the free concert from Sawyer Brown at the fairgrounds, all of benefit from Make-A-Wish, South Dakota. For more information, go to KSO.com. Find the events calendar. Right after the news, we're going to talk with Sam Gabrielli from KSFY Severe Weather Center. Hang in there, man. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifteen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. That, of course, is "Into the Gray" by the two tracks who were a guest on this program not so long ago, and that's why I play that song a lot. And I just like it. It's just a beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, we are endeavoring to connect with. Deborah Owen of the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce and uh, trying to work out the details there. And uh, we'll let you know how that goes. Uh, we were going to talk about trade. And, and you know, it's uh, one of my favorite topics of all time, trade. You know, I never thought that would be the case. I never thought that I would be so interested in international trade. I mean, I've always sort of been interested in it from a politics standpoint. I had this class, Food Resources in World Affairs, a long time ago. And uh, it's always got me interested in the the politics of not dancing, but of food. And there's a lot that goes into it. And with us here in uh, South Dakota, trade is food, soybeans, and that sort of thing. And I continue to be perplexed 
about where we're headed here. And the thing that the thing that is still very weird. Okay, the reason we have Deborah on is because now the Chamber of Commerce, the Farm Bureau, have expressed deep, deep concerns about the direction of this policy by the administration, what the end game is, what the strategy is. Uh, you know, they have hesitated to call it a trade war in the administration, but everybody else is calling that. And if you're in any sort of struggle, you're in any sort of battle, okay, that you have a strategy, right? If it's a military campaign, you certainly have a strategy. You've been planning for it. You've been you've been using scenarios and wargaming it and all these different things that you would logically do if you're going into an armed conflict. This is a financial conflict. This is an economic conflict. What is our strategy? There isn't one. And you're hearing now members of Congress from both parties expressing their deep reservations because when you start hurting agriculture, you're talking about a wide swath of American America, right? It's not just those of us here in the upper Midwest. You know, it's just not corn farmers in Iowa. You're talking about, you know, much of the South, uh, California. And these tariffs have been directly on soybeans, but also pork and beef and corn and wheat. It hurts soybeans the most, but it's going to, when agriculture interests see tariffs tearing down one sector of the industry, they get nervous, and rightly so. If you're involved at all in exports, you're going to be hurt by this. That's why people don't like tariffs. That's why economists don't like tariffs. And you can deride global trade all you want, and you can claim that it is tearing down the American economy. And you can point to various sectors and you can say, yes, look at this sector of the economy has done poorly in the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And that would be largely true. And that would be largely true. And you would have to say, okay, why is that? Is it because of global trade? Is it because of the internationalization of the economic system? Perhaps, perhaps it is a side effect of globalizing the way we do business. But at the same time, what you have done and what we have always wanted to do is expand the markets, expand the customer base, right? In any business, what are you trying to do? You're trying to take care of the customers you have and expand the ones that you can get. And where is the biggest market in the world for just about everything? China. There's over a billion people in China. And say what you will about the human rights, and there's plenty to say. I, there's, there's no doubt that we should be keeping the foot on the gas in terms of pressing for increased human rights, civil rights, the rule of law, an anti-authoritarian system of government, those are all true. But that's not what the Trump administration is doing here. What they are doing is using agriculture and Midwestern products as a leverage, a political lever to solidify what they believe to be their base in the old Rust Belt states. Remember where Donald Trump won the election. And he won the election, people. I'm not saying he didn't win the election. That's got nothing to do with it. Man won the election. Elections have consequences. 
But he's trying to keep people in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Wisconsin happy. The disaffected, formerly middle-class workers who got gutted when the old industrial system started to fall apart. But that's got nothing to do with soybeans, people. Okay? Nothing. So traditionally red states, solid red Donald Trump states, are being used by the president and his administration, and the people in his administration don't even support this, as a, as a public relations tool to try and make former Rust State, Rust Belt states, they're not former, they're still Rust Belt, the Rust Belt people feel better about themselves. That's it. That's the list. And I don't, under, I don't understand it. And I'm, I don't know why we can't just have a normal discussion about what is good trade policy and what is not good trade policy. I'm very happy with Mike Rounds and John Thune and the rest of the Republicans who two days ago had the shackles taken off and can now speak their mind about the damage that this tariff policy is doing to our state. Because there's no other way to look at it. In their own words yesterday, they said hundreds of millions of dollars have already been taken out of the pockets of South Dakota farmers. And what does that mean? It means that they have, South Dakota farmers have stopped buying things. Already, they have stopped. And when they stop buying things, everybody else gets worried and they stop buying things. And the economy starts to slow down. And we've been seeing that in South Dakota now for a couple of years. We have watched our sales tax revenues slide and slide and slide because the prices in, of commodities in the agriculture sector have been going down for a couple of years. Now they go up, they go down. Agriculture prices tend to be a little bit countercyclical. When the economy's booming, sometimes they aren't doing as good. And when the economy's bad, sometimes they do a little better. But they were going down before. We're seeing sluggish revenue at the state level, sluggish revenue at the city level, and we're getting by. You know, we're getting by. We're balancing our budgets, and I think that's good. But what does it mean for our long-term economic growth? Where are we going to sell our products? People always complain about how we don't make things in America anymore. We buy everything in China. Well, you know what we make in South Dakota? Beans, corn, pigs, cows. I'm not a farmer, don't want to be a farmer, but I understand the effect of it economically. I think farmers are figuring that out. So when you have the president saying we made the worst deals ever, if the worst deals, if if NAFTA and if TPP and our trade deals and expanding our markets in China and doing all these things were the worst deals ever, then South Dakota did pretty well under the worst deals ever made. And that's what I, I don't, I don't care about party. Okay. Because you can say, well, you want Donald Trump ain't no Republican. He just got elected. He just got nominated by the Republican party, but he's not a Republican. He's not a conservative. So I want to have a realistic and honest discussion about trade policy based on facts economic theory, consensus of experts, the opinion of people who are affected by that, whether that's merchants, 
manufacturers, farmers, mayors, governors, everybody. How come we can't have that discussion? That's what concerns me the most. Because if we keep going down this path, we will degrade our own economy. You know, you can't, you can't raise a red flag every time something goes wrong and say, look at the past. But in this case, you can. Tariffs in the 20s didn't work. They made the economy worse. There are some things that don't change. Supply and demand does not change. The basic fundamentals of economics don't change. Sometimes it's more art than science, but at its core, it's about human nature. And are you going to buy something? What do you need and how much do you w- are you willing to pay for it? Where are the customers? And when you lop off a billion people for some boogeyman, some straw man, you've gone against hundred years of economic theory. Even Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary of the United States, appointed by Donald Trump, he doesn't even believe these things. Deborah Owen has arrived. We are very happy. She, of course, is the uh, policy director for the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce and the Chamber nationally and statewide has some things to say about this. And we're going to come right back after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. And we're going to chat with Deborah after my little, I don't know, soliloquy. We'll call it a rant, a soliloquy, whatever. That's what I do. Uh, We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. There's a waitress with a sweet tattoo. She's gorgeous and in love with you. Uh 4.34 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, I am very pleased to have in studio with me today, Deborah Owen. She is the policy director for the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. And uh, we like having Deborah in because she knows what's going on. Deborah, thanks for coming. Oh, happy to be here. Um, so, uh, like last week, earlier this week, the uh, National Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. sent out a letter, a statement expressing uh, grave concerns about the tariffs. And I've been talking yeah. about that for a while here on the show. <laughs> um, so how does that play here locally? I mean, what's what's the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce position in terms of these things? Are you completely in line with the feds or not feds, the national organization or how does that work? Uh, like the national organization, we have grave concerns about the impact to our uh, local economy, our state economy when it comes to the tariffs. Um, but also NAFTA is a concern. One of our largest trading partners is Canada, and that has not been um there's not been an agreement between the parties on that one as well. And then we have TTP. So there's a lot at play right now with economy that really affects South Dakota directly. Uh, clearly with our farmers and soybeans, I think I read recently that it was one in three rows of soybeans uh, are Canada's. It's, or, pardon me, go to China. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's a real squeeze, especially in, in that uh, area of the economy, because as you know, and you talked about earlier, is it's a kind of a downed economy now. It's it, We've had better days. It's not terrible, but uh, the whole tariff fight, uh, which we understand is meant for well, for good, but it is, um, it's alarming and it's perilous for our economy. So the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce, uh, how does, how does it affect 
your members. I mean, I've, I've talked about, we all talk about how agriculture mm-hmm. is the number one industry in the state. And, and while we're not all farmers, we are all friends of farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that affect you guys? I mean, why are your members so concerned? Well, we, we do have ag members as well, but for the economy of Sioux Falls, and, you know, I, I know recently it was the GOED from the Commissioner Stern talked about um, the GDP uh, for South Dakota. Sioux Falls, the Sioux Falls area metro is almost 40% of South Dakota's GDP. So when it comes to our economy and the, the dollars that are spent here, uh, and and those you know ag ag uh, dollars across our state uh, is impacts our economy all, all the way across. But certainly in Sioux Falls it does. Those don't they don't travel as much. They don't shop as much. Right, but it's not just retail. Right, I mean, right. You're talking about small manufacturing. Yes. Suppliers. Yep. Builders. Inputs. All yeah. of that stuff. Yep. I, that's an amazing number. I've not heard that number before. Forty percent of the state's GDP comes out of the Sioux Falls Metro. It's right next to my. If you go to my office, you'll see the the PowerPoint slide. I print. I print it off and taped it to the wall. It's like that is. That's how our our city affects our state's GDP, and it's it's thirty eight point nine percent, which is huge. Nearly forty percent. That is enormous. Yeah. Um, and I think we forget that sometimes. The, so it, what what are you telling? clearly the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce has the ear mm-hmm. of the political interests in this state. Um, from Dugard, Rounds, Thune, Christy Nome, uh, what do you tell them? I mean, what's your message to them? Well, in supporting, certainly in supporting their efforts, I think it was in the paper today, um, online earlier, but you have all three congressional delegation uh, working together, speaking against the tariffs, um, you know, we've been waiting for a while as we've been in touch with them and they've spoke to our members at different events and in round and um, just kind of coffee with the senators kind of meetings. But but learning about we're kind of we were doing a wait and see. Maybe there's going to be a strategy here in the end. It will be better for us in the long run to have these these uh, tariffs, you know, negotiated back and forth between China. We have the NAFTA that's in play as well. NAFTA affects uh, our soft lumber. So that affects all of our building here, plus billions of dollars. I mean, I, I think the number is like 40,000 jobs at least are a part of our economy because of the NAFTA agreement and how that impacts us directly. We have had the EU ambassador here. Uh, we have had uh, the consulate general from Canada uh, speak to our members and talk. So we're all in dialogue with not just our congressional delegation, but but on the, the EU level, the international level, and then um, stateside with uh, Canada. But it's a... It's a huge issue, and the impacts could be long-term, so we're very concerned. What do you want? What's your advice? What's your policy suggestion? What do you want to have happen in the next month? We would love to have some finalization to the negotiations. You know, at some point, you kind of want to see when it's when is it cooked. Is with China done? or with NAFTA? Well, we'd love, we'd love both. NAFTA, the original thought was it was going to be earlier this year, and now they're not sure it's even going to be negotiated until after the midterm elections. That's a long time to wait. That's playing politics with the economy. <laughs> that is one way of saying it, for sure. It's important, though, for our builders. I know we've had um, some of our members speak directly to a uh, congressional delegation about the soft, like I said, the soft lumber market. Those, uh, that's going up in- incredibly. It affects the most, the, who it impacts the most is affordable housing, which is not right. This is conversation is frustrating because, not between you and I, but the broader conversation, because what I would always hear back when I talk to people about these issues, including the head of the Farm Bureau, was, well, you know, Sonny Purdue, 
who was the uh, uh, depart the head of the Department of Agriculture, Secretary of Agriculture. He's a friend, and he assures us that it's going to be agriculture is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And the president has said, "No, we're going to." It's not true, Deborah. So, when uh, do you express that level of frustration and skepticism with the delegation? Because I'm not hearing that from them. Mm. And given the power and influence of the Chamber of Commerce, which is significant, 40% of the GDP, mm-hmm. how sternly do you say this to them? Because it seems like a lot of people are very being very hush-hush and very um, polite. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to be going off the rails. Well, we consider them our partners, so we... They have to be. Right. They are They are our partners. Um, there are voices in D.C. We work, we're doing a D.C. fly-in in September, and we'll meet again with our delegation there. Uh, we're having an Inside Washington uh, with Thune in the second week of August, and we'll have Christy Nome there in the third or fourth week of August to come and visit uh, with our members at a luncheon. Uh, so um, we are in constant communication with them, but... Uh, they're partners. I mean, they're really our representatives in D.C., so they're the, they're the voices that we like to work through and with. Well, absolutely. That's yeah. the way it's supposed to work. But do you feel that in this conversation they have represented your interests uh, in the way that you would like? Uh, yes, I do, especially when they came out yesterday uh, uniformly with the letter. I thought that was um, really standing up for South Dakota. Was it I too really late? It. No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Um, We're going to come right back and talk with Deborah Owen. She's a policy director for the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. We're going to move on to other topics. State politics. (laughs) Are you going to sing for us next? I can. (laughs) Very good. I got to get the thumbs up from Uber (laughs) producer Dan Peters on that one. Oh, no. You get a flat line. He just just flatlined me. He flatlined me. That's not (laughs) going to happen. That's a no-go, he says. Well, dang it. Next time. (laughs) We'll be right back with Deborah Owen. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 446 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And we're chatting with Deborah Owen. She is the policy director for the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. Uh, You know, one of the most powerful political organizations (laughs) in the state of South Dakota, whose members produce uh, 40% of the state's GDP, as we mentioned. Not all of them are your members, but, you know, a lot of, most of them. You you have, that's like... We have some... Yeah, we have some great... Yeah, you got got everybody. You guys are very active and very healthy. Entrepreneurs, Um, yes. The other thing that we talked about tariffs, we're going to leave that behind uh, because we're going to talk about uh, the uh, upcoming uh, election in November, Mm -hmm. which has a bunch of... Six. Six. Six ballot initiatives. And the chamber has begun to work their way through the list. Yes. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's great. And you are going to make... Will you make recommendations on all six, Deborah? We will. Although sometimes we may make a, we may stay neutral on one, but yeah. we'll evaluate all six. If you cannot come to a consensus among yes. the members. Yep. Okay. Let me tell you. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say you have arrived at a consensus on two of them so far. We have thus far. Yes. First. 
First uh, is W, uh, and the second would be 26. But let me back up, if I could, talk about our process to get there briefly. Would you, please? Yes, it's very member-driven. So we have an issues management council. It's about 40 to 60 people who show up once a month. And we evaluate each ballot measure uh, by having uh, a proponents and an opponent come in and speak to them. So it's sort of this debate internally. And then there's a Q&A time where our members can ask both, both of those um, viewpoints, uh, questions about the measure, and, uh, and then later they'll vote on that. So we have evaluated um, Constitutional Amendment W, which is kind of the IM-22 redo from 2016, if you remember back mm-hmm. that far. The gutted IM-22? Yeah, well... Uh, yeah, just keep going. Yeah, That's fine. yeah. I have <laughs> <laughs> Not the words I would choose. No, no, I understand that. I understand <laughs> that. I think those are, yeah. That's mine. That's so good. Uh, and the other one is Initiated Measure 26, which is a price cap on drugs. Yes. Prescription drugs. Right. Yeah. And... Uh, you, your thoughts on uh, on the W Constitutional Amendment W Constitutional Amendment W Yes, it's it is. Uh, let me just give you my thirty second. It is for folks who don't know. It's the it was the good government package. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, I mean, Anti corruption. Yeah. Yep, good government. There you go. um, it is seventeen sections of law. It is eight pages long. Uh, it has a number of superior superiority clauses that would. Um, override anything else in the Constitution, and it add it would add, if adopted by the voters, 10% to our South Dakota Constitution in one vote. We opposed it, um, not because we're against anti-corruption kind of laws. There's a number of those on the books now, bribery, you know, ethical issues. There's a government accountability board that the legislature put in place eh. in 2017. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who you're not a fan of. Oh. But there are but there are certainly statutes um, that cover that. What this did in part, I mean, it took away part of that I am 22 that had to do with publicly funded campaigns and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Uh, there, As they went around the state, there was a real pushback on that, I think, from people who were more receptive to I am, the I am 22 debate. But what the court decided after the 2016 version was adopted, there was a stay. Remember, there was a court challenge. Yep. A circuit court put a stay on it and yep. said, no, there's a constitutional. Um, it doesn't it doesn't align up with our constitution. It's unconstitutional. There was a bunch of stuff yeah. in there I did not like yeah. as well. Yep, yep. Because it had so many things in it. But go ahead. So some of those areas that were the most... Um, but it was passed adverse. by the voters, just if people forget. Oh, totally. It was passed by the voters, yeah. changed by the legislature. Yeah. And that's why they came back with a constitutional amendment. And you guys... And we oppose it. Yes. We oppose it. Uh, there's an accountability board there uh, that really is kind of outside the three branches of government. They're mm-hmm. accountable to no one. Okay. It's an out-of-state funded campaign. If you pull up their uh, uh, campaign finance reports, you'll see even the latest one, which is 191 pages long. You'll have the same person donate a dollar in the next line. It's the same person from California donates a dollar. Well, they, they yeah, they do get they do get <laughs> some money from um, all of I it. I can't remember if it's MoveOn.org or one, one of those represent organizations. Us. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, yep. representative us, represent us. Thank you yep. very much. Yep. But they are local people. No, well, I mean the, the dollars are only out of state. Well, so far. there's, but there are local people on the ground doing it. It's not like it's yeah. It, this isn't the Marcy's Law guy. No, but there was a local person on the ground doing that, Yeah, but that not too. like... I mean, there, there are a lot of people behind... But that was all out-of-state money, too. <laughs> there are a lot of people behind Constitutional <laughs> Amendment W, as flawed as it is, yeah. who are... Look, Rick Weiland, I mean, yeah, Dre yeah. Samuelson, these guys right. are not insignificant No, they people. are local guys, oh, yeah. yeah but the go. money to, to fund that campaign is all out-of-state so far, according uh, to their reports. I understand. Okay. Um, the Accountability Board has some challenges with it in that uh, it has the superiority clauses like notwithstanding... 
um, you know, any other provision in the Constitution, these ones will be superior to that. What that means in, in play is that uh, when the accountability board decides to um, find somebody, find somebody who has done something unethical, uh, where do you go with that? Do, do your Bill of Rights count anymore? Because... Well, their decisions a, are superior to the rest of the Constitution. There's no Bill of Rights in the state Constitution. There's yeah, a Bill of Rights right. in the national Constitution where they can't super, supersede the U.S. Constitution. We do have some but state rights. But you, you have, but you were worried about the language. There are state rights in our Constitution. The, I understand, so. but it's not the Bill of Rights. There, there, there are. You are worried about this superseding language that may cause conflict within our Constitution. Yeah. That it does. You, you're, you're uncomfortable with. Yes. And you are. just flat out don't like parts of it, right? Uh, we think it's problematic language, okay. yes. Let's talk about the, the prescription drug. Okay. Uh, uh, this is I am 26. This is I am 26. Unlike a constitutional amendment, it will be right. to amend statute. Right. So uh, this is an effort that would um, create a price cap, puts in place what uh, veterans and the veterans um, have a reduced price for uh, their hospital health care system. And so it would require the state to have that same cap on state uh, prescription drugs mm-hmm. for their programs. I think it means well, uh, and um, we're not sure it's implementable, but we think it's a, the idea is to, I think, to reduce the cost on prescription drugs, mm-hmm. and who wouldn't want that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes some sense. The, the challenges for this... But is, it's not for everybody. I mean, this wouldn't cover everybody. Well, it wouldn't, but remember when we talk about insurance and how we cover that, we do that with groups of insurance. Mm-hmm. And so there's cost shifting that happens with that. You know, if you have um, somebody who comes into ER and they have to have treatment, because that's what we do. We mm-hmm. don't deny anybody when you go into an ER in a hospital. Uh, so you're treated, but then who's going to pay that $250,000 bill or mm-hmm. $60,000 bill? So there was some cost shifting that happens through that industry to help pay and offset. So even though we maybe have insurance and maybe th- those who don't, uh, we end up paying for some of those costs in the long term because it's a pool of dollars that helps pay for health care. So when it comes to prescription drugs, we have some concerns about well-meaning, hard to implement, but then are they going to force Lewis Drug uh, down the road? This is the model that was tried to pa- be passed in Ohio and it failed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some concerns about how do you implement that? Uh, the state doesn't buy their drugs like the Veterans uh, Association does. And so they don't have the access to wholesale drugs. So it's more on the retail market. So implementing it's tricky. And then do those ultimately, those savings cost shift to the rest of us in South Dakota? So you're against that? We're against that. You're against IM, or you guess IM26 and W. And when you guys take a position on the rest of them, you can come back and tell us about that. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I was going to ask you about uh, uh, the rebranding of the of the city. You're working on a rebranding. Oh. Is that Well... You know, can, I, can we talk about that? We can point? talk not, about not it today. I don't have time it's today. Not, but you're we're not have rebranding to the city. Uh, I'm not sure where that got started. There's, well, that's, it's just a question. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you know where the question comes from. It comes yes, from, of course. But we'll. I'm going to have you back very soon. We'll talk about that. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Deborah. Thank you very much for coming in today. Thank I appreciate you. it. And uh, w- like I said, very next soon. time you're going to sing. We're, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> coming up, we'll finish up the program here on the Happy Hour edition of the Patrick Lally Show. Stay tuned. Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Thanks everybody for being here for Happy Hour Edition. We're going to a fantastic weekend on Monday. City Councilor Christine Erickson will be here, and the Common Man on Weird Friends. Hope to see you then here on Information One Thousand KSOO. Have fun. Be safe.